This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. Today I want us to conclude this sermon series that I've been walking through for the last, uh, this is the fourth week, called Among Us. And the whole idea has been birthed out of John chapter 1 and the Word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And what that really meant, who He is, what it meant for the Word, the Logos, the one that creation was uh, birthed through, what that really meant for Him to come to earth. And of course, we celebrate that during this Advent, this Christmas season, the season of looking for Jesus. The first week, we talked about the whole thought process of who the Word really is and the Word being with God, the Word was God, and uh, the Word already existed from the very beginning. And then we figure out that in verse 14, the Word really is Jesus, and that the Word is eternal. He is a life that can't be overtaken. We're looking for the Word. The second week of this conversation, we talked about the gift of glory. John said in verse 14, the word became flesh and we have seen the glory. Glory is of the only son. What did that mean to see the glory? The glory of God, the gift of his glory. I told you that God's glory that we get to experience brought grace and truth, an unfailing love and faithfulness that could only come from God and it come through his glory. He allowed us to see the true character of who God is through the glory of the Son. God showed us how we should give grace on top of grace through his glory. And then last week we talked about behold the lamb. John said as he's there, John the Baptist is having this conversation and uh, Jesus comes walking and he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He says, look, there is the Lamb of God, the sacrifice of God who takes away the sins of the world. In a nutshell, Jesus came for two main reasons, to adopt us into the family of God and to forgive the sins of the world. And because of that adoption, we now become joint heirs with Christ of eternal life. So the last three weeks really have looked more at Jesus and really discovering who John describes Jesus in his gospel in this first chapter, who, who he really describes that he is. And so today we're shifting gears slightly, and I want to look at the other main character, John the Baptist, that, that the writer John introduces us to. John the Baptist, the message is simple, that he's really declaring out, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I want us to look at John chapter 1, beginning in verse 19. I'm going to read through verse 27. John chapter 1, verse 19 through 27. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and the temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. 
Well, then who are you, they asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you a prophet or the prophet we've been expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent to ask him, if you aren't the Messiah, Elijah, or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John said, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. I want to talk to you today and really challenge you, I guess, with the statement, uh, my, my title is Be the Voice. Be the Voice. We've heard and we've walked through this journey of what it meant for the Logos, the Word, the Word that was with God in the beginning that existed an eternity ago, the one that was with God and the Word that was God. We've, we've walked through this journey of what it meant for His glory to come to earth and, and what it meant for Him to adopt us into the family and what it means to, for Him to forgive the sins of the world. We understand who He is and the purpose of which He came. And so now the whole thought process is, what do we do with that understanding? We're to be the voice. Be the voice. I believe we could all agree that in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of the political divide, in the midst of the racial division and tension, in the midst of the vaxxed versus the unvaxxed, in the midst of gender equality, in the midst of men abandoning godly, abandoning godly principles, in the midst of a time where sin is rampant not only outside the church but inside the church, in the midst of all of that, we need a voice. Amen? We need a voice. Before we can really be the voice, there's some understanding that has to take place. We can't just be any voice. We already have too many voices speaking useless words of hate or confusion. We have too many voices that are clouding the judgment of people. We need a voice, a voice led by God and anointed and baptized in the Holy Spirit. We need a voice. Be the voice. First of all, the first thing that John teaches us that we are not is we're not God. In order to be the voice, you have to understand who you're not. You're not God. I am not God. John said he clearly identified, one, one translation says he denied and confessed. He made it very clear, I am not the Messiah. I am not the Christ. I am not the one that was sent. He said, I am not Elijah. I am not the prophet you've been waiting on. I'm not God. We can't control anything in life except how we respond to what comes our way. If we were God, we could control everything. But now we can't control anything because we are not God. Not only can we not control anything, we are not all-knowing like God. John said, I'm not the prophet you've been looking for. I don't know it all. He, he was very clear about what he did not know and what he did know. He knew that there was limitations to what he could do. He was not God. Maybe you got the gift of prophecy, but the gift of prophecy doesn't give you this all-knowing power to allow you to know it all. Not only are we not God, but second of all, it has to be realized it's not about us. John clearly points to Jesus. He's asked the question, are you the Messiah? No. 
Are you Elijah? No. Are you a prophet? No. Then what do you say about yourself? What is it that you say about you? And he said, all I am is a voice. All that I can be is a voice crying out in the wilderness, shouting out in the wilderness, make way uh, the way for the Lord. He recognized that he was beneath God. He said, I'm not worthy to even be his slave or to untie the strap of his sandal. In order to be the voice, it can never be about us or about preferences or desires. The voice isn't selfish. It isn't looking for a platform. It's not looking for the, the spotlight. John knew that he was nothing and that the voice is nothing but a conduit for the heart of God to pass through. Verse 15, John says, he is greater than I am. We have to realize it's not about us. So be the voice. But what kind of voice? I think in the statement that John makes, he's quoting Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. But he says, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. In that one sentence, we can find three characteristics of what the voice should be. First of all, we need to be the voice of passion. He said, I am a voice shouting. The other translations, the more literal, sometimes say crying out. Regardless of whether he's shouting or regardless of whether he's crying, the point is he is passionate about the people that are lost. He's passionately declaring, make way for the Lord. Clear the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. He is concerned about those that are lost and dying and going to hell. He's concerned about those that are not believing on the name Jesus. He is passionate. The voice has to be passionate. A voice of passion. John caught people's attention through his passion. He was different. He's a weird guy. We read in the other gospels about him. He's clothed in, in camel's hair and he, he eats uh, honey and locusts. He, he's weird. He's different. He's, he's not the normal, but he's full of passion. He was full of passion because the message he was communicating was unmistakable. He saw the urgency of the message. He also saw the consequence of the message, and he saw the reward of the message. He was full of passion. Here's the thing that we can be passionate, and we can be a passionate voice without being the loudest voice. We can be a passionate voice without being the loudest voice. You ever noticed, maybe you haven't, sometimes people, if I'm just honest, get on my nerves. Typically, it's the loud, obnoxious ones that do. Typically, I'm just being real. It's, it's the person that has to be the loudest in the room that are grabbing the attention, and typically they're grabbing the attention because there's something missing. Passion and noise are two different things. I enjoy preaching, and I might get loud, but I'm not getting loud out of anger or frustration. I'm getting loud because I'm passionate about the word of God. The passionate voice does not have to be the loudest voice. In fact, the passionate voice might not have to speak a word at all. 
the passionate voice that's heard the loudest, the one that could be heard the clearest, the one that the real heart of God could be heard through might be the one that actually bites the tongue and doesn't actually speak at all. It's the one that through the actions, the passion of God, the passion of love for people, the passion of God can be heard through a voice that's not even audible through our actions. The passionate voice doesn't have to be the loudest. It's not about how loud we can shout. It's about the place of which the shout comes from. It's not about how loud we can shout. It's about the place of which it comes from. Is it coming from a place of passion? John, his passion came from the Holy Spirit. Luke 1.15 records an angel telling Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, that John, his son, would be filled with the Holy Spirit before he ever was born. We watched that get played out in Luke chapter 1, verse 41, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, visits Elizabeth, the mother of John, and at the, the sound of Mary's voice, there's all kind of thought processes and all kind of theology in this, what really took place. At the sound of Mary's voice, Elizabeth said the baby leaped within her and immediately she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Immediately she was filled with God's Spirit. John, before birth was ever, before he was ever born, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe that we could tie it into the theology that before John was ever born, he had prophesied the first message. He's declaring in his mama's womb in Elizabeth when he leaped, he's leaping passionately, make way, the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. His passion comes from a place of the Holy Spirit. John's voice was directed and fed by the Spirit of God, and in order for the voice to be passionate and to be the voice of passion, we must be led by the Holy Spirit. We've got to have the leading of the Spirit. Number two, number one, be the voice of passion. Number two, be the voice of truth. Be the voice of truth. Be the voice of reason. God is righteous and faithful, never changing. He is truth. John, the writer, has already told us that Jesus brought grace and truth. We beheld the glory, the glory of the Son, and with him come grace and truth. He is truth. Truth isn't always a bad thing. In fact, truth really is neutral. Because the truth is, those that don't repent and come to know Jesus do not inherit eternal life. But the truth also is those that do repent, and John's already said those that accept and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ inherit the kingdom of God. We're part of the family. The truth in itself is neutral. It's neither positive nor negative. It's not good news nor bad news. It is simply fact. How we receive it is the good or the bad. The truth hurts sometimes. But if you really think back, the truth hurts those who are not on the positive end of truth. Right? The truth only hurts those that are living a dishonest life or who are mistaken, who are blinded. Regardless, truth only hurts those that are not on the godly side of truth. Truth in itself is neutral. How it's received 
is not necessarily neutral. Not only does truth hurt the person on the wrong side of the truth, but truth also hurts the person who has to communicate the truth. Knowing that people are not going to receive the true message, knowing that people are going to decline to know Jesus, knowing that people are going to turn their back makes it difficult to communicate the gospel. Knowing that people are not willing to change, knowing that people's heart, the whole idea to know that there have been people that have sat under my ministry through the years that have heard sermons and will die and go to hell hurts. Not because I didn't preach truth, but because they didn't receive truth. The truth hurts sometimes. But we still have to be the voice of truth. It's not popular. It doesn't feel good. John was the voice of truth. The truth must be spoken. In John's gospel, he defines the truth in a couple ways. In chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, he says the truth sets us free. In chapter 14, verse 6, he says the truth is found in Christ. And in chapter 17, verse 17, John says that this book, the Word of God, is truth. And so if I'm to be a voice and I'm supposed to be the mouthpiece with an open mouth to communicate the truth of God, it would make sense that this truth would be what I'm communicating. Is it going to hurt? Are people going to deny it? No question. They are. But we still have to be the voice of truth. We're a voice of passion and a voice of truth. Thirdly, we're to be the voice of hope and love. The Christmas season, Jesus coming to earth, would not really have a point if it wasn't full of hope and love. The whole purpose of Jesus sending his son was that the hope of the world, that, that God loved the world enough, that the hope is, there's, there's hope in Jesus that we don't have to die and go to hell. We don't have to live a life empty and worthless and, and dead, but instead we can live a life, uh, uh, we can have life and have life abundantly and live life to the fullest, not for ourselves, but through Jesus. We're to be the voice of hope and love. John said, clear the way for the Lord's coming. I really understand that statement. I want you to flip with me, please, to Isaiah chapter 40. It's on the screen. I want you to purposely go there because I believe last, last night when I read through this, it was kind of a light bulb moment for me, and I truly understand John's heart. Because I see when I read John's response, who are you? He said, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord. If we're not careful, we see in his passion, the truth that's coming out of his mouth is coming from anger or in an angry way. I mean, realistically, truly, what truth do you see in clear the way for the Lord? What love, what hope do you see in the statement, clear the way for the Lord? 
But he's quoting the prophet who says in verse 1 of chapter 40, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone, her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make straight, make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. A voice said, shout. I asked, what should I shout? He said, shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of God. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintop, shout it louder. O Jerusalem, shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. There's hope. Yes, sovereign. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. There's truth. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. Verse 11 is what kind of grabbed me by my heart last night. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. John is bringing this whole prophecy back. He said, clear the way through the wilderness. Make way for the Lord. On the surface, it sounds like this harsh, commanding message. But it is a voice of hope and truth, hope and love. He said, Isaiah said, the punishment's been done. I'm done with the punishment. The sins have been covered. They've been washed away. He said, your sins are covered. Now the Lord is coming. He's coming in power. There is hope. But not only is there hope that he's coming, but he's coming in love. When I hear statements like he will feed the sheep, the flock, like a shepherd, the shepherd has to love the flock to take care of them and feed them. He said he's going to hold the lambs, the ones, and then I picture a broken or, or a baby. I picture one that really can't take care of themselves. He said he holds them close to his heart. I don't know about you, but the hope and the love, the message of love there, that God is, is grabbing me and pulling me close to his heart. And he's gently leading the flock. It's a message of hope and love. John's message, his voice, is a voice of hope and love. It's simple. Repent, be saved, and enjoy the everlasting life. That is the reward coming from Jesus. Here's the thing, though, if we're not careful. Our message of hope can easily be communicated without love. Our message of hope can easily be communicated without love. Ask a person that's living a homosexual lifestyle that knows scripture. Ask that person. 
the person that was pushed away from the church. A message of love was communicated, or a message of hope was communicated. You repent, turn from your ways, you have eternal life. That's absolute truth. But so often the message of hope is not communicated with love. And then we have broken relationships. People that are turning their back on God. When God himself did nothing to hurt them, he came to to save them, to love them. But instead, it was the mouthpiece, it was the voice communicating that hope that cut that person to the bone. It was out of love that God saved the world, and it needs to be out of love that we're leading people to him. Be the voice of hope and love. We agree we need a voice, a voice of reason. We need direction. We do need a voice. In the wilderness, away from the fame and the popularity when sometimes it's such a lonely place, John had to have been lonely. He had all these acquaintances, all these people showed up to be baptized, but he had to have been lonely. Even in that place, we have to be, we must be the voice. Why? Because John told the religious leaders, the ones looking for the prophet, the ones looking for the Messiah. He said in verse 26, they're saying, what right do you have to baptize? He said, I'm only baptizing with water. He said, but right here in the crowd, right here standing beside you, standing among you, that he's walked beside you, chances are you've bumped shoulders with him. Right here in the crowd is someone you don't even recognize. That's why John was the voice. People all around us are looking over Jesus. This Christmas when this is the season of looking to and the season of anticipation, people are looking for something, but they're looking over. Jesus is part of the crowd. The only way they get the message of hope and love is through a voice. So many people in the crowd are ignoring or never recognizing Jesus. But they're relying on a voice, on your voice, on my voice. So be the voice, the voice of passion, the voice of truth, the voice of hope and love. Be the voice. I recognize, maybe you do, sure you do. The fact is, walking into the service today, I had two more opportunities to deliver my true heart of ministry to this house. Maybe one day God opens a door and I can deliver it again. 
But if there's anything I could ever communicate, next week will be the second. Today it is be the voice. Make the difference. Love people the way God loves people. Be the voice. It's been our heart since the beginning of our time and our ministry here together is reaching people outside of these walls. Be the voice. Make a difference. It doesn't have to be seen this week. You you don't know. But you blessed three different organizations. Uh, a pregnancy center, Agape, and two different homeless ministries. The ladies' ministries that, that collected those bags, you blessed hundreds of people this week. You didn't have to say a word. It was done with passion. You presented the truth. There was a Bible in those bags. And you presented a message of hope and love. Being the voice doesn't have to be the loudest. But people cannot see Jesus on their own so often. They need a voice. Father, Lord, I thank you for sending us Jesus. Lord, I thank you in my own life that the message of hope and love, God, I've received that message. Lord, I believe that I live that message out. I do my very best, God, to, to appreciate and honor and be thankful, Father, for the hope and love of which you gave me, a broken down, messed up sinner who did not deserve love. You love me enough to send a message of hope named Jesus. Lord, I believe every person in the room today God desires to please you. They know you. They know your word. They know the simplicity of the gospel. They know who you are, Lord. They know that you came to bring grace and truth and grace upon grace. They know, Lord, that we received the gift of glory. And, and when you, Jesus, came to this earth, the whole purpose of you showing up was to save and forgive the sins of the world. Lord, we know that today. And I pray that this simple message, of the example of the forerunner of Jesus, John the Baptist, would be a message for us today. Lord, I pray that we be challenged, that even whenever we walk out of here today, Lord, those that are watching online, wherever they are, wherever they go today, Lord, those that are listening to this way down the road, Father, I pray that God, Lord, whenever it is, whatever it is, Father, when we walk out of these doors, Lord, I pray that we be a voice of passion. God, we be a voice of truth, and we be a voice of hope and love. We don't have to be the loudest. Father, some of us will never say a word, maybe, to be that voice, but we can put a smile on our face, or we can thank the, the gentleman or the lady changing the toilet paper in the bathroom at the restaurant today and simply be a voice of hope and love today. Father, let us be your voice. Holy Spirit, I pray for your guidance, your anointing. 
we saw that that the passion that John had come out of his anointing of your spirit, God. It came out of the direction. He was led by your spirit, God. He, he was sanctified. The, the word tells us that there were certain things that he never did. He never touched wine, Lord. He was baptized in your spirit before he was ever born, Lord. We see the importance of being led by your spirit, God. Let us have a fresh outpouring of your spirit on our life. God, and let us follow the leading always of your spirit. Follow the world's waiting on a voice in the midst of it all. The world needs a voice. Today, God, we will be the voice. The voice of passion, the voice of truth, the voice of hope and love. Father, I thank you for your presence today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for meeting with us here, allowing us to approach your throne today. Father, I thank you for every person in the room, Lord, those that are watching online, God, those that weren't able to get here but because of the weather or, or health or whatever the reasons are. Father, I thank you for every person that's a part of this family. God, I pray blessings on them as we walk through this, this week, this Christmas week. Father, bless your people. Father, let your face shine on them. Lord, give them grace and peace. Keep them, Jesus, as we're looking for you. We're going to be the voice in Jesus' name. Amen.